I think people have more trouble understanding the the sort of immensity of natural suffering and moral suffering, I think, is often better understood by people, or at least, you know, they can grasp it. They can grasp that this person is evil or this person is wicked making these decisions, but they have a harder time understanding, again, how God could, you know, let these, uh, let the pandemic happen. From Religion News Service, this is Beliefs. I'm Bill Baker. It's a personal note from me this week, not usually appropriate for news the way I prefer it, but these are very different times. My friend, Father James Martin, wrote a short piece that ran in the New York Times called Where is God in a Pandemic? Like so many other people, I wanted to know what this man, a man whom I admire, would say to me, to us, during a moment of universal human suffering. We spoke, as everyone must these days, on the phone. James Martin is a Jesuit priest, editor-at-large of America Magazine, and author of Jesus, A Pilgrimage. Father Martin, really nice to have you with us again. You recently wrote an article in the New York Times that was titled, Where is God in a Pandemic? And then it had a subtitle, The Honest Answer is We Don't Know but even non-Christians may find understanding in the life of Jesus. So want to tell us a little of your story? Well, sure. I probably should have called that, uh, why did God let this happen? Because that was the question that I was being asked and I'm still being asked. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's sometimes called the problem of suffering or the mystery of evil. Um, and even believers struggle with it. You know, how could God let something like this happen? And, uh, and so in that article, I tried to uh, explain or at least advance some of the, the, the typical arguments for that or the typical responses, but also said in the end that uh, the real answer is, the most honest and the most accurate answer is that we don't know. And the question for believers is, can you believe in a God that you don't understand? Well, that is the big question, and it's uh, one of many questions. For example, we did a movie called Sacred, and one of the segments of the film took place in Africa in the Ebola crisis. And so many of the people there were beating on their uh, chests, sweet people saying, well, we're bad people. God is punishing us. How do we deal with some of these? And then especially... How can you even believe something like that when you see little children uh, who certainly shouldn't be punished, being punished, if that's the case? Well, that's right. That's a common response. God is doing this uh, because God is punishing us. And you see some of that in the Bible sometimes. Uh, but I remind people that, you know, for Christians, certainly Jesus himself rejects that approach. Uh, there's a story in, in the Gospels where Jesus meets the person called a man born blind uh, and his disciples say to him bluntly, uh, who sinned, uh, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, no one sinned. And elsewhere in the Gospels, he refers to a, a tower, a stone tower that fell on people and said, you know, do you think those people who were killed were any more sinful than anyone else? And so he rejects that. And I think we need to reject that, too, that image of God as punishing people with illness, um, because that not only blames people for their illness, which is, you know, just is the last thing they need, but it also contributes to this image of, of God as a kind of monster. 
You're a, uh, a person of faith, a person of God. Uh, and of course, when something like this, this coronavirus happens, you're among the first people uh, that get called and get asked questions. It sounds like it's hard to have any answers at a time like this. So how really do you answer people? Well, I think the most honest answer is about why this is happening is we don't know. And I think it's important to admit that. But for the Christian, there are also uh, other perspectives, which is, for example, that uh, Jesus Christ uh, accompanies us uh, in all of this. I mean, Jesus, uh, you know, was and is fully human and fully divine. We tend to forget about the the human part, that he entered into a world of illness and he knew illness. And many, if not most of his miracles were healing people from illnesses. And, uh, you know, at the at the death of his friend Lazarus, he cries. So he knows about grieving. So he accompanies us. And I often tell people when you're praying to Jesus, you're praying to someone who understands you not only because he's divine and knows all things, but because he's human and experienced all these things, in, including illness. When you think about uh, about the very difficult times that people are now having and through history have had, how has God helped them? How has God helped us in these times right now? Well, I think that um, one of the insights is that God is working through us, through individuals. And one of the ways that God works through us is, a, is by moving us to compassion. And so you see it in the compassionate doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, technicians. You see it, uh, Pope Francis uh, recently uh, talked about the hidden people who are helping. For example, grocery clerks and people who are working in transport, right? People who are running the, um, the subways and the buses and, and helping us that way. And, and I think one way that God works is by moving people's hearts and, and moving them to be compassionate and moving them to help people. And, and so that's where I think we can see God in the crisis. We can see it in the loving, merciful, and compassionate responses of people around us. Well, maybe you're answering uh, my next question, but my next question is really, can any good have come out of some of this really tough stuff that happens to people in a crisis and in terrible times of death and uh, and pandemic? Well, I don't even think it's a question. I think good things are coming out of it, as horrible as it is, and as filled with illness and suffering as death as it is. There are some things that are coming out. One of them is this witness of, especially the healthcare professionals who are putting their lives on the line. And I often think that, uh, you know, God is kind of offering us a new parable um, about how much God loves us. How much does God love us? God loves us as much as the doctor who risks his or her life to to care for someone, you know, even when he or she is not going to be protected completely from infection. Um, and so we're already seeing this and we're seeing this in terms of families and friends coming together and focusing on what's important, right? Love and mercy and compassion and, and, and tenderness with one another. I think it's helping us reorient things. I don't think that's why it's happening. I don't think God, you know, makes this thing happen so we can have these insights, but I think it's important for us to have these insights. Jim, we know there are many stories of wonderful good coming out of terrible tragedy, but there's also bad that happens. I got on very reliable authority the story of uh, uh, protective equipment that had been stored um, in a uh, in a place for nurses who take care of the dying, and all of the masks, all of the protective gear were found to be stolen the next day and taken away from these people who desperately need it. How do you explain that? It has. It's always been the bad and the good together, but 
hearing stories like that, even hearing that story is shocking. Uh, and, and knowing that people would do that uh, and, and risking other people's lives, basically for money, I assume whoever stole it would sell those things for money. It, it's still shocking. But yes, there's always going to be uh, human evil in the world. Uh, interestingly, I think sometimes what's called moral evil, which is that that kind of evil, the kind of suffering that's brought about by people's individual decisions or actions, like, like that person who stole uh, those supplies, is sometimes easier for people to understand than what's called natural evil, right? So illnesses and disease, this pandemic, um, a child dying of cancer, hundreds of people dying from a tornado or a hurricane. I think people have more trouble understanding the, the sort of immensity of natural suffering. And moral suffering, I think, is often better understood by people, or at least, you know, they can grasp it. They can grasp that this person is evil or this person is wicked making these decisions, but they have a harder time understanding, again, how God could, you know, let these, uh, let the pandemic happen. During this time, uh, you have a unique position, not only being a well-known Catholic priest, but also in close relationship with the Holy Father, Pope Francis. Um, He seems as though he has been treating this worldwide crisis with great care and insight. Would you care to talk about that a bit? I think the Pope has been acting like the world's pastor uh, in the absence of so many people being able to go to Mass. I think they can look to him. And frankly, I, I don't think he's put a foot wrong uh, in terms of his pastoral outreach during this crisis. And I thought especially his prayer um, the other day um, in Vatican City in front of an empty St. Peter's Square. He invited us to look at the Gospel reading where the disciples are um, in the midst of a storm at sea and are worried and feel that Jesus has abandoned them uh, was masterful. He talked about Jesus being there and inviting Jesus into our boats. I thought it was a great image um, that he used. So I think he's been doing a great job. And I, I, I myself am moved by, by his witness and also his words. Now, you and your brother Jesuits are living in New York City, the heart of the uh, pandemic in America right now, maybe the world. Uh, how are you personally reacting to all this? What are you doing? How are you How are you getting on? Well, you're right. I live with 12 other Jesuits in a fairly small house in New York City. So we have uh, basically we're doing things for ourselves. Um, we're cooking and cleaning and taking care of one another. So far, none of us are sick. For myself, in addition to doing a lot of things um, via social media and over the phone, trying to counsel people, I'm also trying to be a good person and not cough on anyone and maintain social distance and wash my hands and be careful around my Jesuit brothers. So pretty much what anyone in a, you might call a large family would be doing right now. How have you done with family and friends and, uh, you know, what kinds of advice and, uh, uh, and handholding have you done with them and have they done with you? Well, with my family and friends, they're raising the same questions and have the same problems that pretty much anyone has. Uh, how could God let this happen? People feel panicked and frightened uh, and alone. And so it's sometimes reminding them that those feelings of panic uh, in particular aren't coming from God and that what God gives us mainly uh, feelings of calm, hope, peace, confidence. Uh, It's what Jesuits call um, discerning, right? Which voices do you listen to within you? And I always tell people the voice of Panic and despair and terror is just not coming from God. There's a reason why Jesus says, fear not, so often in the Gospels. And also just talking to them about, you know, just regular uh, 
preventive measures that the public health officials are recommending. So I'm trying also to pass on practical advice too. And for me, they call to see how I'm doing. They know that I live in a house with many people and they're worried. And some of the guys in my house are pretty elderly. So they're worried. So I, I think it's, it's mutual. I mean, we, we, we all help one another in these crises. I mean, there's always the question one would like to ask, uh, can any good come of this? I have to tell you, one of the good things that came of this was uh, your article in the New York Times. Uh, anything else? Well, I think that, uh, as Pope Francis said in his remarks, uh, it's reminding us what's important. He said, it's not God's judgment uh, on us. It's, it's, it's our being invited into judgment and to judge what's important for us, right? I mean, family, friends, uh, life, taking care of one another, it really sort of strips everything away and reminds us to just focus on things that are important. And, and I don't think, again, that that's why these things are happening. It's not the why of suffering, but it is the that of suffering. It's, it's part of what happens when you suffer, which is you, you see things in a new perspective. And I think that's one thing that, that the pandemic is inviting us all to do, which is to see things in a new way. Father Jim Martin, thank you for all this and uh, stay healthy. We need you. Thank you. You too. Our guest was Father James Martin, Society of Jesus. The conversation continues on our Facebook page and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support of the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer with production assistance from Jonathan Smith and America Media. The theme music is by Edward Billis. I'm Bill Baker. Thank you for listening.